I want to say this is on my heart. I thank God for the deacons of our church, don't you? And uh, every single one of them. We have good men uh, that love God and love the church. And, and uh, I'll tell you, we have unity amongst our deacons and myself and, and the church. And uh, You can't put a price tag on that, can you? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And I tell you, when you've got unity, you've got liberty. And the Bible says that, uh, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And we don't argue, we don't fuss, we don't fight. I'm talking about the preachers and deacons. And we don't get mad at each other. I, don't, I mean, we don't have cross words. Uh, and that's a blessing, isn't it? And uh, if I left today, I could never go out and say, Well, I pastored deacons who gave me trouble because I'll tell you, God's been good to me. And uh, I appreciate the men of this church, all the men of the church. Don't you appreciate them and the women? But I'll tell you, I appreciate the deacons and their prayers, that they pray for uh, the church body and they pray for us. And, and uh, I just felt like saying that. Amen. You don't need to wait till people are dead and gone uh, to start talking about what a blessing they was to you. And uh, there's a lot of people. Uh, listen, they wouldn't spit on you if you was on fire. But they'll come pay your dead corpse a visit and talk about how good of a blessing uh, you was to them. And uh, you know what? We don't believe that no more than they do. Amen. Y'all still with me, aren't you? Now, you've seen that happen. And I thought, well, I don't believe that. But that's another sermon for another day. Let, don't let me kill the service. Let's stand. John chapter 15. Somebody needed that in here. I don't know who needed it. But maybe the devil needed it. I don't know. But John chapter 15. I mean, it's just good to be where God is. And we felt the presence. He was here Wednesday night, this morning. And I tell you, I just appreciate him this morning. I want to preach a few moments from John chapter 15 and verse number 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit so that ye be my disciples. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do ask that you would help us these next few moments. I want to thank you for your presence that's been in this place. Thank you for the people of God. Thank you for the church. And Lord, thank you for the good singing we've heard this morning, the opportunity to give in the offering. I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. And Lord, I pray that you'd have your will in your way. Save that sinner that's nearest hell. Lord, help some backslider to get right this morning and draw us closer to you, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on Jesus, the true vine. Jesus, 
the true vine. This is the seventh of the seven sayings of, of Christ in the Gospel of John, the seven I am's. And he started in John chapter 6 when he said, I am the bread of life. And then in John chapter 8, he said, I am the light of the world. And then in John chapter 10, he said, I am the door. And he said, I am the good shepherd. And then in John chapter uh, number 11, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And then in John chapter 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here we come to John chapter 15 this morning and Jesus once again is making a profound statement. And if you haven't got anything out of these seven sermons, uh, uh, you ought to get this, that it really doesn't matter what he attaches to the end of it. He is the great I am. And the great I am still is. Uh, he always has been. He always is. And he always will be. It doesn't matter if you're hungry. Then he's the bread of life. It doesn't matter if you're walking in darkness. Then he is the light of the world. It doesn't matter if you've lost your way. Then he is the door. It doesn't matter if you've strayed. Then he is the good shepherd. It doesn't matter if you're dead in trespasses and sin. He is the resurrection and the life. It doesn't matter if you've lost your way. If you are deceived and don't know the truth and don't know the way, then Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. Hallelujah. He just is whatever I need him to be and so much more. Amen. Well, when we come to this passage of Scripture, I want you to see the picture in verse number 1. As Christ says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Now the husband was the one that owned the vineyard and the father is the one that owns it all. Isn't that right? God the Father owns this world. He created this world. This world is his footstool, the Bible says. And everything in this world, it belongs to the God that created it. Amen. I want to tell you this is not the devil's day, but the Bible said this is the day which the Lord hath made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I tell you the reason the sun got up this morning was because God is on the throne and God raises the sun every morning and he puts it to bed every night and he turns the lights on in the heavens because he is God and besides him there is none other. He is the husbandman and he owns it all and he owns you and he owns me. Amen. And then Christ is the true vine. That means that everything that has life and gives life, it comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see the picture here and then we see the pruning. Notice the Bible says here, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. In other words, there's a pruning process. The reason that there is a pruning process is that the Father takes away those branches that are not in Him. Why? Because they're dead. Amen? In other words, if they're not connected to that vine, there's no life in it. They have died. And the purpose of pruning is to take away the deadness so that you can stop the rot or you can stop the decay. Amen? And can I tell you this morning, you may be sitting here and say, when I preach her, 
I'm saved uh, and Christ lives in me and I'm in Jesus and I understand that but do you realize uh, uh, that God is going to prune some things in our life uh, he's going to take some things away because they're deadness uh, and he wants to stop the decay young people uh, don't buy into this thing uh, that you can have victory and live for God and do whatever you want to I'm telling you from the time that you and I get born in the family of God he begins to cut away the deadness in our life uh, why is that he wants to stop the rot uh, of the corruption uh, he doesn't want anything negative uh, anything dead in our life uh, but he wants to not just give us life uh, but he wants to give us the fullness of the Christian life Amen. there's the pruning and then there is the purging look what he said in verse number 2 every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may do what bring forth more fruit now why would he purge we understand he would prune a branch that is dead but why would he purge a, a branch that is already producing fruit uh, he gives the answer in this text here it is for development that you and I would bring forth more fruit amen you see God is not just satisfied at you and I missing hell and being saved uh, he's not just satisfied at us just having a good testimony that I once was lost but now I'm found but Thank God he wants more fruit in our life. I think about Galatians 5 in verse number 23. The Bible said, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And he said, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, envying one another, provoking one another. What is God saying? God is saying now that you're saved the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you I'm going to cut away the deadness I'm going to cut away the world I'm going to cut away fleshly things I'm going to cut away carnal things I'm going to get that corruption out of your life but then I'm going to take that branch that is bearing fruit and I'm going to purge some things there I'm going to bring some things into your life that's going to purge some things out why? so that you can bear more fruit amen Nobody likes suffering in life. I don't want to suffer and you don't want to suffer. But out of suffering comes fruit that can only come out of suffering. Nobody likes trials. Nobody likes troubles. I, I don't want any trials and you don't want any troubles. I, I'm sure not signing up for it. Somebody say, man, I, I know that tribulation worketh patience, but I'm not praying for either one. Amen. Now you can pray that for me if you want to, but I'm not praying for tribulation. And I don't know anybody that really is, but tribulation comes in our life. Troubles come in our life. You say, why would God allow this to come in my life? Well, it's for development. It's for our good in His glory. I don't always understand the will of God. I don't always understand the plan of God. But I do know in the end, uh, there's going to be fruit that remains. Uh, and the purpose of the purging process uh, is that we would bring forth more fruit. Amen. Then I notice here the promise. Look what Jesus said in verse 3. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. You know what Christ does in this text? He takes us back to the Word of God. Everything in our life goes back to the Word of God. 
Everything that we have, everything that we believe must be built on the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17, you know this verse. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hebrews 4 and verse 12, the Bible said, Now the Word of God is quick. That means it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God has power. Amen. The psalmist said in Psalms 119 and verse 105, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He said in verse 89, He said the words of the Lord are pure words. He said, or he said Thy Word is very pure, therefore Thy servant loveth it. He said that in Psalms 12 and verse 6, that the words of the Lord are pure words as silver, tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forevermore. Hey, why is it that we need the Word of God in our lives so that we can live clean? Psalms 119, the Bible says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed according to thy Word. I'm telling you, the Word of God, it'll clean up your mind. It'll clean up your heart. It'll direct your will. It'll put you on the right path. I'm thankful for my Bible, aren't you? You didn't come to hear what I had to say. You didn't come to hear anything about me. But we come to hear what thus saith the Lord. And Bible preaching will help you preach the Word. He said, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come and it has when they'll not endure sound doctrine. Hey, they're not enduring it. But I want to stop and say, while we're living in a time when a lot of people will not endure it, I want to raise my hand and be counted with a crowd that says, I thank God for sound doctrine. I thank God for Bible preaching. Amen. I'm not ashamed to use the word fundamentalist. I've been a fundamentalist ever since I got saved. I didn't even know I was one, but I was one. You say, how do you know that? Because when I got saved, I got saved in the independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist church. And I'm not backing up on any of those words. Amen? I'm not against the Southern Baptist, but can I just say this? I thank God I ain't one. Can I get a witness right there? I'm glad I'm an independent. Now, some of you swallowed your tonsils when I said that. But you listen, you need to swallow your tonsils, don't you? Amen? That's where they belong. But it'll be okay. I'm just telling you, don't you back up and get silent in these days. Hey, you joined an independent Baptist church. We're independent for a reason. We're not sending our money to headquarters. We're not letting headquarters headquarters decide who, what missionaries we support. We're not letting headquarters decide uh, if we believe in women preachers uh, or sodomite preachers. Uh, no, we're independent. We've got our own constitution. We've got our own bylaws. Uh, we're an independent. We're a Baptist Bible-believing church. Amen. You say, well, don't, don't major on that Baptist too much. Well, I'm going to major on it from the top of my head to the sole of my foot. Not a shame, but hey, listen. If, we, if I ever even suggest this, Brother Wilson, will you please make sure I get a psychiatric evaluation because I promise you, either I smoked some dope the day before or something, I've lost my mind. But if I ever want to, if I ever want to shrink the word Baptist on the church side, you men know there's something going on up here or in here. Isn't it amazing how some people have, and I'm glad some have dropped the name Baptist. I don't want to be identified with them. 
They're not what we are. And then some, their way to dropping, and I want you to know, their way to dropping the name Baptist is first we got to shrink the name on the sign where you can barely see it. You know, just things like Bible. You know, with some kind of, you know, nice emblem under it, you know, and, and underneath that emblem tucked away in fine print says Baptist Church. Because it's the way of the, of the day. No, I like the word Baptist, don't you? I'm going to tell you, people gave their life and died at the stake, burned at the stake entire families. Anabaptists, we were never Protestants. We didn't protest. We didn't come out of the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, I'm telling you the reason why. You know why Calvinists wrote so many things back then and why a lot of Baptists, Anabaptists didn't write it? Because they didn't have time. You know why? Because they were giving their lives and being martyred uh, for the cause of Christ uh, because they wouldn't go along uh, and they wouldn't take a license and they wouldn't go along uh, with the Catholic Church so they were killing them. Amen. Uh, I tell you, I'm a Baptist without apology. I know they some from other denominations going to heaven. But if you're going to go, you might as well go first class. Amen. I'm telling you, if I had children that were still at home and when Iris is at home, that's exactly what we told them. Don't you marry anybody but an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist. Amen. I know that's out of date. But we did. We set our kids down. I said, now listen, what are y'all? You're not Presbyterian. You're not Methodist. You're not Church of God. He said, well, I know somebody that worked out for him. Thank God for grace. And I wasn't gambling with our, with our children. I said, you've been an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist all your life. I said, make sure that's who you marry. And that's still right, isn't it? It's still right today. He said, well, I wasn't one and we got married. Well, that's just the grace of God. But you get that conviction in your soul now. And give it to your children and pass it down. Amen. I hit a stump. That's why I backed up and came again. You know, you got to dig them stumps out when you hit them. Amen. You can't let them stay there. Amen. Somebody will trip over and get hurt. Uh, I don't want nobody tripping over and not want no. I don't want anybody to leave this morning and not know where you're at. Amen. I don't want anybody to leave questioning saying, well, is this, are they still dogmatic on them? Oh, yes. Uh, you say, why is that? Well, it's all in verse 3. You're going to have to dig it out for yourself. Amen. Uh, but I'm just telling you, thank God for the word. I'm glad I got under the right kind of preaching. I'm glad I got preached to out of the right book, the only book. I'm glad I got around the right crowd. Amen. I'm not critical of others. I'm just saying there ought to be some conviction about what we believe and where we stand. And Jesus gave this promise that the word of God will help you. You'll be made clean. Oh, if you'll take this kind of preaching, I promise you it'll help you. Then we get to verse 4, our text this morning. I want you to see the priority of everything Jesus says. He said, I am, the in verse 4, he said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branches cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Notice that first phrase, abide in me, and I in you. Jesus is emphasizing. He says in verse number 5, I am the vine and ye are the branches. 
Jesus is emphasizing the vine, the branches. He's the vine. We're the branches. His father is the husbandman. And listen, what Christ emphasizes in verse number 4, and he emphasizes in verse 4, 5, 6, and 7, and that is to abide in him. He wants to emphasize that, abiding in Christ. What does that mean, to abide in Christ? You know, I heard preachers preach that growing up, and I really didn't understand what it meant to abide in Christ. Uh, But what does it mean to abide in Christ? It means to remain in fellowship with him. It means to have relation or to have fellowship with him. You see, when you get saved, uh, listen, you're born in the family of God. And so now you have a relationship. He is your father and you're his son. But relationship and fellowship is two different things. Uh, And Jesus Christ said, just like a branch abides in the vine, they're connected, they're together. He's saying that's how you and I are to be as disciples. Uh, we're to have a, a we're to not only have relationship, but we are to have fellowship with Christ. You know, it amazes me how things work out. Because I started preaching on these seven I am's of Christ. Brother Green was here on a Sunday, and I can't remember what all, but it's amazing. The first Sunday of the year is the last saying that we're preaching on. And it's about abiding in Him, fellowship. And the greatest thing that you and I could determine to do this year as Christians is to make sure that our number one priority is that we have fellowship with Jesus Christ. That we have a personal walk with Him. Notice with me in these verses very quickly this morning. I want you to see the connection in verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. We're connected with Him. Now that you're saved, there's a connection. That's why when the man of God preaches, the Word of God connects with you if you're saved because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And so you connect with the Word of God. Christ said, abide in me and I in you. Yes, you've been saved. Yes, you have a relationship. But do you have fellowship? Do you abide in Him? Do you pick your Bible up and read the Word of God? Do you spend some time in prayer? D.L. Moody made this statement. He said, when we pray, we talk to God. And when we read the Bible God talks to us and how important that is that every day that I have fellowship with my father Uh, listen my devotional time will not be like yours and yours will not be like mine you know why God has it that way because God is a God of individuality and God wants you to have personal time with him and he wants me to have personal time with him but we're not to be carbon copies or robots Uh, you develop your walk with God and your time with him and I'll develop mine yes we can learn from each other But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that we make a connection every single day with our Heavenly Father and that we walk with Him. The connection is that we abide in Him this morning. I ask you a simple question. Look back through 2022. Did you abide in Christ? I'm not asking you, did you read your Bible every single day? You may be here and say, well, I didn't read it every day. I failed. But I did read my Bible. Did you abide in Him? You know the answer to that. Maybe there's someone sitting here and you say, Preacher, I'll be honest, I haven't read my Bible in months. You need to abide in Christ. You're disconnected. You know why people get out of church? You say, well, sin, yes, but before they get off into sin, do you know what happens? They disconnect. 
Oh, they're still singing in the choir. They're still going to Sunday school. They're still going to fellowships and functions, and, and they're still getting around. But the problem is that they've missed the mark. They, they think the church is going to carry their walk with God. They think sitting under good preaching is going to be enough. I'm going to tell you something. People that have sat under good preaching all their life uh, have wrecked and ruined and got out in sin and ruined their lives. It's happened to preachers who have stood in the pulpit and preached every single Sunday. You say, how can a man get up and preach uh, and then fall out into sin. I'll tell you how. He gets disconnected. I'm telling you he starts reading his Bible for sermons rather than than reading his Bible to walk with God. It's so important that we have a connection with God. If you've been disconnected, why don't you get connected? Amen. You know how easy it is? It's just like vacuuming. Amen. You know, I bought my wife one of these vacuum cleaners that's got a battery on. I thought that'll make life easier. But I think I like the thing better than she does. I like just grabbing that thing and using it, you know. I'm not going, I shouldn't have probably told you that. That probably didn't help the situation, though. But I bought her one of those because I thought, you know, then she don't have to run around and plug in. Listen, how many of y'all hate to be vacuuming? And the cord, I mean, you're just like this far from being done. And you run out of cord. And I'm the type of person, I try to get it as far out there. I mean, spend so much time getting it out to you. I'll just go and plug the thing. Sometimes I'll just push it real hard and see if I can get what's left in there, you know, to finish it off. I can tell you that now because we got a cordless one, praise God. But you're sitting there fighting, trying to make do, you know, and all you got to do is go over and disconnect it. And it's disconnected, but then, you know what? You just plug it back in, guess what? It fires right back in. Do you know this morning, if you've been disconnected, the devil wants you to think, oh, you can't get right with God. Oh, you, you're a failure in 2022. You don't want nobody to know about your Bible reading or your prayer time or your Christian life. He tells all of us that, by the way. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I succeeded in 2022. How prideful would that be? How wrong would that be? I've always missed the mark. The mark. Have you ever felt like you've read your Bible enough, anybody here? Anybody ever felt like they prayed enough? I've never felt that one day in my life. So we missed the mark, but, but just because you may be here so well, uh, well, I haven't read it like I should. I had not prayed like I should. Preacher, I'll be honest with you. I, I've been a, a, another failure for Christ in 2022. Well, okay, you've been disconnected. Today, this morning, now, why don't you plug back in? It's, you say, it can't be that easy. Oh, it's just like plugging that vacuum cleaner in. See, that vacuum cleaner don't have no power in it. That vacuum cleaner can't do anything within itself. But I'll tell you what, there's some power in that outlet. And when you plug it in, amen, the vacuum cleaner really ain't doing a whole lot, but what's running through it is what's helping it. You know what you ought to do today, first day of the year? You ought to plug into your Bible reading. Go home, eat a meal. Take a nap if you need one. But make time to, to read your Bible. Just, just read a little. Plug into this book. Uh, have a word of prayer. I mean, when you feel pillow your head this afternoon, I'll tell you, if you can't go to sleep, I'll tell you what's better than Benadryl, start praying. Amen? I mean, you'll go to sleep in a hurry. But pray yourself to sleep. Plug in. Amen? Anywhere you can find a place, get connected. Amen? I'm telling you, if you've been missing church uh, and you've been laying out of church, quit beating yourself up. Ask God to forgive you. But plug back into the church. Uh, plug back 
liking. It's just that easy. Amen. I'm saying this morning there's the connection and then there's the cause. You say, why would I do that? Because look at verse number 4. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in him. You know why we need to be plugged in? Because you and I cannot be, listen, you can't be the husband you're supposed to be if you don't plug in. You can't be the wife you're supposed to be if you don't plug in. You can't be the young person you're supposed to be if you don't get plugged in. Don't plug into your parents. Don't plug into the Christian school. Don't plug into your Sunday school teacher. Don't plug into him. That's how you're going to be the young person you're supposed to be. Hey, I can't be the preacher that I'm supposed to be if I don't plug into him. Amen. That's the cause. Because just as a branch has got to be plugged into that vine, you and I cannot be the Christians we're supposed to be if we're not plugged in, if we don't have fellowship with him. I've seen God do this in my life and in the life of others. In our mind, the devil wants you to think that if you could just dot every I and cross every T, if you could do it right every single day for so many days, then God would be pleased with you. Can I tell you something? I've been trying that for over 30 years. I've never had a day where I just got it all right. Never. Never. Don't come to me after church and tell me you did because I'm not going to believe that. But I do want to help you this morning. Preacher, if I could just get it all right, if I could dot every I across every T just right, then I'll tell you I could have fellowship with God. That ain't fellowship. There's days, I've never had a day where I've got it all right, got it all done. But I've never had a day that I didn't look up that he didn't look down. Oh, I've told him every day of my life, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm a failure. Lord, I'm, I, I'm sorry I disappoint you. Have you ever told God that? Every day. Lord, I, I got this done, but God, I didn't get this done. Lord, I failed here. Lord, I, I made this promise, and I, and, and I, meant to, I didn't mean to break it. I know that hurts our, our, our ego, and it hurts our pride, but let's just get down to where we live. Uh, we don't all, none of us get it done every day. That ain't got nothing to do with fellowship. God, if it ever dawns on you, God just wants to hear from you. He wants to talk to you, and he wants you to talk with him. Sometimes the best fellowship I've ever had with God is when I've just said, Lord, forgive me. You're so right and I'm so wrong. You're so perfect and I'm so imperfect. God, I don't do hardly anything right, but you do everything right. God, I fail every day, but you've never failed me. I tell you, it shows up when you start talking like that. Lord, I want to do better, and I'm trying. I'm not talking about rolling over and quitting. I'm just saying that's your best. Uh, Lord, I have my best. I still, God, I just still, still see so many things wrong, so many things that, that I'm coming up short. But I'll tell you one thing I'm not going to do. I'm not, undiscon- I'm not disconnected. I'm not unplugging uh, because you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And if I just got to cling to you from here to the grave, it's what I'm going to do because at the end of the day, it's not anything I've done, but it's everything that you've ever done through me I'm telling you I can't survive I can't live you're looking at a branch that will not make it without the vine amen God hears our desperation the completeness is seen in verse 5 I'm the vine you're the branches 
I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. He already knows this, for without me, you can do nothing. I'm telling you, every time you tell God and we tell God that we failed, we haven't surprised him. And I've got to believe that if we haven't surprised him, we haven't disappointed him. I'm not saying that God cannot be disappointed. Surely if I let sin in my life, it would grieve the Holy Spirit and disappoint. I'm not talking about rolling over and letting sin come in your life. I'm talking about not letting the devil and the flesh beat you up every day of your life because you're not measuring up to everything you think you ought to be or everything the devil's telling you you've got to be. I'm telling you just get up every morning and spend a little bit of time with Jesus and walk with Him every day. Ask Him for help. Get connected. Amen. And whatever good happens in our life, I want to tell you the Completeness will be that God does it through us. Amen. This morning, the completeness. And I want you to notice in verse 6, the castaway. How do you become a castaway in life? He said, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. This is not talking about the loss of salvation, but the loss of reward because of the loss of fellowship. You see, this morning, the reason it's so important that we have fellowship with God is because I don't want 2023 to be the year that I become a castaway. I don't want, listen, if God lets us live to 2024, I still want to be sitting in this church. You look around this morning. You think about the people that have left church. You know, I saw a statistic this week. I think Ken Ham may have put this statistic out. It's not a new new one. But he talked about the generations, the greater generation of the 20s, the, the baby boomers, and then the, the silent generation, then Generation X and the, the millennials and... and um, and then the current generation, maybe a generation Z, I don't remember what they call this generation. But he was talking about those generations, and, and in the 20s, the greater generation, the greatest generation, they call it, 56% of the people in that generation in America attended church faithfully on a regular basis. 56%. When the baby boomers came along, it was 48, I think, percent, or 43%. It began to decline. I can't remember all the percentages, but I do know that when you got to this generation we're dealing with now, it is less than 18% of people go to church on a regular basis. Now you think about that this morning. You think about out of the less than 18 that do go to church, I wonder how many of those have a walk with God. You see, this morning it's not... Am I a spiritual giant? Am I this? Am I that? No, it's just am I living day by day connecting with God? You know the reason we put that Bible plan in there? I want you to read your Bible. Please read it this week, this year. Read it every day. Get you an Alexander Scorby app. Or get you a, 
get you some other Bible app, whatever you want to, that's King James, and, and, and go through it. And, or get you, get you that, take that piece of paper home and put it in your Bible. Get, you, get, a, get, a, uh, uh, get a, a church directory that has the names and faces of everybody nearly in it and put it in your Bible. And every day, just read the Scriptures and, and, and pray over it. And when days come that you don't even have time to, to pray over everybody by name, pull that, uh, pull that directory out and just flip through it and say, Lord, at least say, Lord, I'm, today I didn't get every name, but God, would you help the church? and Would you help these individuals? Uh, you say, why? Because in doing that, God will not only help them, but he'll help you. Amen. I'm talking about the cause. Uh, I'm talking about this morning. Uh, it'll keep you from being a castaway. So many people have cast away because they quit reading the Word of God. If we could get people as enthused about church as we could sports, we could have revival. Or hunting or fishing or... I don't know what women do. I would try to throw something out there, but y'all don't do Tupperware no more, do you? Or Mary Kay. I don't know what. Y'all do all them oils, don't you? All that witchcraft. Y'all do all that, don't you? I found a little old thing the other day it was about this big and on the top of it it said breathe so I opened it and I breathed to see what it was I didn't know, I thought man what is this it was in her closet I looked at that, I said man I don't know what she's sniffing here but gotta be honest it helped me whatever it was I don't know what but ain't it amazing how we can get so passionate about things what about revival what about a walk with God how about it young people you say why is it because it's important notice the confidence and I'm done if you abide in me and my words abide in you verse 7 you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you you know that verse always bothered me for years because I thought to myself Anything? I can ask him for anything. Look at the next verse. Herein is my Father glorified. You know, when you abide in Christ and he abides in you, the prayers that you pray will be prayers that will be in accordance with the will of God. And they'll be in accordance with that that glorifies God. And tonight or this morning, as they come and get us a song ready, you know, if you're just a branch, think about this. You know what a branch really is? It's a channel for the sap that comes through that vine to run through so the fruit can be produced. The branch really doesn't do anything but channel what's in it, and it brings out the fruit. I got a tree in my yard that's been dying the last three or four years and every spring when everything, everything begins to bloom and everything begins to come out there's always a different branch that's dead and I've been down for the last probably three or four years I've been cutting a limb off every year Brother Logan every year I have to cut a limb off of that tree it's dying and it's dying one branch at a time and I wonder in our churches if that's what's happening one pew at a time, one person at a time, one 
member of the family at a time. Hey, this morning, you may be the key to your whole family having revival. You. You're either the help to your family having revival, and I'm either the help to my family having revival, or I'm the hindrance. I wonder how many homes, I wonder, I wonder this morning, I'm going to quit in a minute, but I'll tell you, I really feel compelled to say this. I wonder, look at these young people this morning. Now, you're accountable for your own actions, your own choices, right? But I wonder how many of these young people this morning, whether or not they make it, I wonder how many of these boys right here, whether or not they make it, is determined on their daddy or their mama. Your walk with God. See how passionate you are about church and living for Jesus will have an effect on you. Amen. I wonder if your walk with God could, could take away some of the struggles that they face in life just by getting up every morning and saying, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray. Or maybe you can't do it in the morning. Maybe it's lunchtime on your break. It doesn't matter, but every day I'm going to walk with God. I wonder about that. Hey, I wonder about this church. Think about this with me, church, this morning. As you pastor, this is always, this is the, it stays on my shoulders every day of my life. The Holy Spirit reminds me every day. Now, don't you slack. Don't you get at ease in Zion. You do that, the church will suffer. You can call that guilt whatever you want to. It's responsibility. You let up. Hey, you, them young people's going to suffer. Homes are going to suffer. Well, if it's true about the pastor, it's true about the church. I wonder how much, Brother Laddie, I wonder how much spiritual our church could be. If Maybe it's one person here this morning. If you get right with God today. We don't need a revival meeting. I wonder if we could have revival of one person get right with God this morning. I wonder what he'd do to Bible Baptist Church. I wonder what he'd do to Sunday school. I wonder what he'd do to some home, some marriage that's hanging by a thread this morning. I wonder what he'd do to the youth group if one teenager got serious. And I'm not saying you're not serious this morning, but I'm saying maybe there's one here this morning that by you getting serious could turn the tide in a way that we've not been. We see we don't we can't see that this morning, but God sees every bit of it. And He's pleading with us today. Have a personal walk with Him as we stand this morning. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You don't have to come, but I tell you if God